Hello and welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, Anne Hughes. In this episode, I'm joined by someone that inspires me so much that I'm doing a bit of work with just now. Pauline Bowie is talking about systematic change. Pauline runs an organisation in Muir House in Edinburgh called Lift, Low Income Families Together. And she is trying to influence local authorities, Scottish government, anybody that will listen to her, quite honestly, about how the system is probably quite broken and it needs to be looked at from a different angle. Pauline has got so much wisdom in how this could change and her thoughts on it about going upstream, about how we start to really look at the root of the problems and fix them in a, a compassionate, a manageable, a participative way where everybody's on the same journey, going in the same direction, on the same page. I think, quite honestly... Pauline could change the world. And so this is a conversation that I enjoyed having so much that I have been having with Pauline for a few months now that I will continue to have for quite some time as I continue to help Pauline try to influence other people in seeing her way of thinking. So I hope that you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did and watch this space because Pauline Bowie isn't going anywhere. Pauline, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Anne. Tell us a wee bit about you. I am um, Polly Bowie and I am the founder of Lift, which is One Come Families Together based in University Millennium Centre. I started Lift three and a half years ago, just purely because I knew changes needed to be made. And every time I went, I've worked in the area I support for one two years and started when they started making big changes with the benefit cap and the two-child rule. I was finding it really, really hard to find the proper support for bigger and larger families, for one, and families who were going to be made homeless. Uh-huh. And I know you quite well now. So we decided to put this podcast in to just try and really get this message over to anybody that, that needs to know it. So tell me, Pauline, what do you know for sure? I know for sure that what's happening in, in support services and statutory service is not working. So there's, we're having more sanctions, we're having, pre-COVID obviously, more sanctions, we're having more people being homeless, we have no council houses, we have benefit changes that are, that used to be when your child reached five, it's now down when your child reaches three, you have to change and you have to be looking for jobs like 25 hours a week. There's no enough support put in for larger families. As a two-child rule came in, so then if you have the third child, you couldn't get any money for it, or you have to go find work, then you go find work, it's not accessible childcare. There needs to be changes, and the changes that need to be made need to, they need to be made at the top to work their way down the bottom. And that's what I know for sure that what's happening right now isn't working. So if it's not working, why are we continuing to do it? Exactly. And the phrase that you have used when we've talked about this recently has been about systematic change. What do you mean by that, Pauline? I mean, I've got no control over systematic change. It's people who who make these decisions in the government and the council and places like that. So for me to have any kind of impact on systematic change, I need to prove that this is working. And this is one of the reasons I lost because I couldn't find anywhere that was doing what I knew needed to change to break down barriers and people feeling like we're better off in benefits. Well, and technically, maybe you could be, 
because they've never been, they've never knew any different. What it's all our families are they're brought in the granny, the granny, the, the granddad, the mum, the dad, they're all on benefits, and they've got that, and you know that's this myth that you're better off on benefits, but that, and that might technically be true because there's never been any support put in place for them to to work through their money, to to upskill, to use the skills that they've learned, and their life skills, life skills are massive, but. There's a sadness, isn't it? Because it's as if people have never been told to aspire that life could be different. And we tell them, and I know this is something that is a bugbear of yours, we tell people what we think is best for them so often, not we as in me and you, we as in society. Yeah, we never ask. We're never asked. You, you, you'll get a, a pet of someone go, we'll send someone along in an appointment and they're instantly told what they need told what to do and never ever ask them what what do what do you need from me what can I do what can how can we make it easier for you what do you want to do you know and when you go in and someone's told what to do they are instantly nobody tell you that they've got pay they instantly nobody tell you that they can't pay the rent they instantly nobody tell you that they really want to get a job but they don't know how yeah because you're telling them what is to do you're exactly. telling them person in front of you is telling you what you have to do and nobody likes to be told what to do and when you're you possibly could be sanctioned you could possibly be made homeless and if you go along to that appointment and you're scared that you're going to be made homeless or you're scared you're going to be sanctioned you're not going to go exactly you're just not going to go you've got to avoid it mm-hmm. so then there's another day or you'll have more of you or so if we sit down and i will and we first thing we do is get to know people like right how can we help you what do you need just a whole different way of using words. That's all it is. It's, it's just different words. And because the staff that I've got are, are people I've supported in the past, they know how I work and they've learned that and I, I boost their skills that they have of new skills. How you huff? Exactly. How do you get to school in the morning? Yeah. Get to school in time. If you've been doing that on your own, bearing in mind, you've never helped you. You've been doing it for the last six years. Right? Time management, so you get to a job on time. And it's about remembering, isn't it, that when you sit down opposite somebody, it's two people talking to each other. And let's let's treat people as human beings. It's it's really important as well. And we've come up with a wee bit of a analogy we're going to use to try and explain how we think this this can be made better, haven't we, Pauline? Yeah, definitely. And that's about going upstream. And the story goes that, like, it's an anecdotal story. Who knows if it's real? The man who kept fishing everybody out of the river in his village. And then one day he disappeared and everybody wondered where he had gone. And he had gone upstream to see why they kept falling in. And the bridge was broke. So he mended the bridge and he came back and he never had to fish anybody else out the river. And so when we use that in terms of how we could, in an ideal Scotland, in an ideal Edinburgh, in an ideal Muir House, support people in a better way. Well, it's already happening in Muir House because you already go upstream, Pauline. But if you were to show that to other people, where do they need to go to go upstream, Pauline? They need to go up to the top and see why it's happening. So they need to find out why people are sanctioned. If it be the same people, I think, for instance, like I told you, people get sanctioned because they have to go to the job centre. They've got three kids and have to be at their appointments for nine o'clock in the morning. Somebody needs to look at that. Somebody needs to go, hold on, she has three kids to get to school at night. They go on at 39, 5 to 9, 5 past 9. So she's never going to meet the job centre at 9 o'clock. So why are we giving her an appointment? And nobody's ever going to look at that and they say, look at that family and that person and say, 
oh, wait a minute, there's going to be a single person out there somewhere who can come at 9 o'clock, who's quite happy to come at 9 o'clock, but why are you not giving her the 10.30 appointment? Her kids are on school and she can get that done. Exactly. So we have to look, like, where we're setting, it's like that old thing that I used to say to you before, Anna, set people up for a fail before they've even got there, because yeah. they're never going to make the 9 o'clock and then the panic and they go, I'm not going to phone them until I can't go because I'll get in trouble. You know, you might get in trouble if you're late or you didn't go. So why are we not? And we, we phone up and say that you do realise this family's got three kids and you need, all right, right. <laughs> but they look at it, they've got three kids on their claim. Exactly. Look at your people. Exactly. You know, you're, you're giving, look at it. So it is about systematic change being from the people, like from the job centre, from the council, from the government. I can't change it. I can show you how it can be done. I can't make the changes, you uh-huh. can. Because there's something you know? you've made me so aware of in the last month or so, Pauline, that I'm thinking about when restrictions come down, it means I can have a glass of wine with my dinner if I go out for a meal. But actually, as we go down the levels, people can start getting evicted for their homes. Sanctions, no, sanctions can happen with benefits again. As furlough ends, people will be losing their jobs. And all the things that I hadn't considered in my world... And when you say it to me, Pauline, I'm like, God, that's so obvious. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. But there's a, a level of being prepared for that, isn't there? Now, you're starting to get people within lift. You're starting to work with the people in your house and be ready for what's coming. And while everybody seems to know that there's bad times coming, you do wonder how many organisations are ready for it, don't you? Actually yeah. getting people ready for yeah. it. And they're going upstream. You're going upstream there now. As the government, as the local authorities, are all the organisations that are there to help people, are they going upstream and getting prepared for this? Probably not. The reason we do it because we know we know who's going to be, who's in temporary accommodation and has been for years. and Or we do know that people are being put in temporary accommodation who were in a bed and breakfast, but they're there forever, you know, or people who had a notice to quit and then it was stopped because the landlord wasn't allowed to give them. We're aware of that. So we're saying, right, when, as soon as it comes out, we get you for your homeless assessment, we get all that sorted and in place again, so you're no suddenly sitting without anywhere you live. But I don't know how Edinburgh City Council following that up to know that people are sitting and they've had a most secret previous to COVID, the, the lockdown, are they going to in contact with them and say, right, we need to set you up with a homeless assessment? No, they're not. They're going to expect organisations like me, because we do it, and it's probably, and I really didn't know anybody else who does do it, and to be honest. So we've got to have our families, we'll probably be first at that door getting a homeless assessment, so we've got them prepared for what's going to happen. But why is that not being done by Edmund Council? Why is it not prepping their families? You know, and, and even if it has to be a phone call or whatever, just get these appointments here, get these homeless assessments done. You know, and it's the same with jobs here, the, the sanctions, if they're going to be lifted. People are getting extra money on Universal Credits now to help them through, that's going to stop. They've been used to getting an extra ten or a week and suddenly they're not going to have it. But their circumstances are not changed. So exactly. why did we give the extra tenor and put them in a wee bit of false hope to take it back off them? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So there's all these, we put things in, in place for people, but we're actually at times making it difficult for them because we take it back. Yeah. But there's no prep put in place. And I, I love when you came up with a name for child development and how you help our mums with wee children. And you've called them the quarantinis as well. Quarantines. Haven't you tell me about that? The quarantinis are, it's a group of mums and kids that are going to come in and it's purely early intervention for kids and for the mums because these kids were born just pre- just previous to 
lockdown or during lockdown. So what we've done is we're going to put the quarantines and they'll come in and the children are going to learn life skills. They're going to learn interaction with parents, with their peers, like me kids. They're going to learn how to play. They're going to learn how to share. Mum's going to be able to talk about her fears and stuff that she's had through lockdown with other families who are experienced exactly the same. So that that's going to be early intervention for the whole family, no just for the kids. Yeah. And then we'll be able to put in the support that mums need and the children will be ready for going to nursery. Because then we're going to expect these wee kids who are between we're doing, we're doing under skis and these wee kids are going to be expected to go to nursery at three year old with nothing. It's had yeah. nothing. They don't even know what a soft play is, you know, they've had nothing. So we decided that as much as we have our Muir House Minis, which is under five mum and toddlers playing statehood. We need to focus on the wee people, you know, the yeah. sharing and the learning different textures of food and, you know, all these yeah. things because mums, mums had to live and we all had to have the same because they're in poverty there. We've been all the providing the food for them during this time. So we've got the opportunity to really start right at the very beginning. So these kids have got a great, they've got a great start. You know, they're exactly. not going to school. And it's a great example of that we were just talking about, about going upstream, isn't it, Pauline? Because if we don't go upstream, then we've got, in the worst case scenario, we've got a young mum with a kid who doesn't cope well when they start school, ends up needing additional learning support, maybe needs some child psychology in there. As they go on through school, they maybe become antisocial behaviour, they go into high school, that perpetuates with drugs or alcohol or whatever. The cost to society is massive. Whereas you've went all the way upstream and you've avoided perhaps chaos in 15, 20 years' time from these wee kids that were born during the pandemic. Well, you're supporting the kids and mum. So you're, yeah. you're leading mum in the right path and we want in a great path to start nursery and, and nobody has, if you've never interacted or played with anybody before and you've all these social skills and they start taking things because it's there because they've never had to share all the challenging behaviour. No, there's no, just maybe stick behind you, work and play with them. There's no, everybody's got challenging behaviour. No, there's no, just take mm-hmm. it back a wee step. And that's all it is. Completely early intervention for all the family. Are you rather op- than just focusing on one. Are you optimistic for the future, Pauline? Yeah, I think I, I think if um, call, like if I can get this over and make systematic change, or somebody can make systematic change with my blabbing on, um, yeah. But unless we change, if nothing changes, and nothing's going to be any different, we're going to be worse. COVID has had, I mean, the pandemic's had a massive impact on the people. I've met families that I would never have met before. Families who have always provided for their, for the dads who work in, mum. We have met families who have nothing. You know, they've lost their job, they've never had to be on a benefit before, they've not got a clue. So when they've made their claim, they've made it through the pandemic, God help us when they start lifting stuff, because they never know what's going to be like, what is happening? You know, we get, so unless I think personally, from my point of view, if there's no any systematic change and it needs to be done fairly quickly and people need to learn a new way of working, the pandemic, as hard as it is, it's going to be even worse when it opens. So I'm optimistic that I can try and show that this can work because that's why I did it in the first place. Yeah, I think unless there's changes, something's going to change, you know, unless people start to realise that there is another way of working and another we need to go upstream and we need to see what's causing the debt, what's causing the homeless, what's causing the sanctions, what's causing the children to have antisocial behaviour. What caused that in the first place? It's because we didn't get them and we didn't make changes at the very start of their life or show them reduced barriers or show the family, how you do it together. Use a whole family approach. So you're not just helping the, the mum 
because the kids still run in riot. We need to make a family. And, but remember that everybody's an individual. The family's their own individual and work to that. Mm. Oh, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, Pauline. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching Anne Hughes Ignite. If I refer to my radio show and the podcast, you can catch those on my Mixcloud. Again, just searching Anne Hughes Ignite. And if you or anybody you know want to answer this question with me, please do get in touch. Just go onto my website, annehughesignite.co.uk and fill in the contact page at the bottom and I'll be delighted to have this conversation with you too. Thank you.